This is Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. The opinions voiced in Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Guests on Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome to Wealth Wake Up this Saturday morning. Dick Donahue with you here on KGMI. We actually pre-recorded today's show because I am headed down to the Mariners game today. Anyway, for the weekly wrap for the week ending October 14th, it was quite a week for the capital markets. It was a losing week for the S&P 500, despite a 2.6% gain on Thursday following the September CPI report. One might be inclined to think that the CPI report was good. It was not. Total CPI was up 8.2% year-over-year versus 8.3% in August, and the core CPI, which excludes food and energy, was up 6.6% versus 6.3% in August. That was the highest level for core CPI since August of 1982. The capital markets reacted accordingly, initially in the wake of what was a disappointing report. Stock prices screamed lower. Treasury yields shot higher, and the U.S. dollar index spiked. In the process, the S&P 500 fell to a new low for the year, a 3,491.58. Then the move to that low, however, was also included a 50% retracement of the pandemic rally. That realization ignited a technically-oriented rebound effort that was exacerbated by short covering, activity, and computer-driven buy programs. It was a monster rebound, too. A rally in the United Kingdom gilt market, which followed reports that Prime Minister Trust might scale back her fiscal stimulus plan, added fuel to the rebound effort. The Dow Jones Industrial Average swung 1,507 points from its interday low to its interday high on Thursday. The S&P 500 ended with 2.6% gain after dropping 2.4%, and the NASDAQ Composite closed with a 2.2% gain after an early 3.2% decline. Alas, there was no follow-through on Friday. Although the S&P 500 would push as high as 37.12 on Friday, it quickly fell back as gilt yields rose sharply on festering worries about the state of the gilt market now that the Bank of England was withdrawing its emergency liquidity support, the 10-year Treasury note yield topped 4%, and the recognition set in that Thursday's rally lacked fundamental credibility. Some better-than-expected earnings results from J.P. Morgan, Citibank, Wells Fargo, and United Health provided a modicum of support, but it was not enough to offset the broad-based selling pressure that picked up when this 10-year note yield moved above 4%. That move followed a preliminary University of Michigan Index of Consumer Sentiment report for October. This showed a pickup in one-year and five-year inflation expectations. If nothing else, the inflation expectations data served as a reminder that the market got carried away with its post-CPI rally on Thursday. It also stood out to market participants that the 10-year United Kingdom gilt yield shot up to 4.38% from 4.07% overnight after Prime Minister Truss announced a scaled-back fiscal stimulus plan and the firing of Finance Minister Cartang. 
When the Bank of England announced its emergency gilt purchase operations on September 28th, the 10-year gilt yield stood at 4.32%. So the move above that level going into the weekend created some anxiety about what might unfold on Monday in the gilt market when the Bank of England is back to the sidelines. The sell-off in the market on Friday was an orderly affair, which made it feel worse because there was very little interest from buyers. The same can be said for retail sales in September. There wasn't much added buying interest. Total retail sales were flat month over month, while retail sales, excluding autos, were up just one-tenth of one percent. The retail sales numbers are not adjusted for inflation, so the lackluster number for September suggested that consumers were pulling back on spending activity in the face of high inflation. We haven't spent much time talking about the early portion of the week, but that's because it was a truly back-end loaded week in terms of news drivers. The one exception, perhaps, was J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon's observation on Monday that he thinks the economy will be in a recession in six to nine months. Separately, the IMF cut its 2022 global growth forecast to 2.7% from 2.9%. Reports indicated new restrictions were being implemented in Chinese cities because of rising COVID cases, and President Biden indicated that while there there will be consequences for Saudi Arabia following the agreement to cut oil production, Russia, meanwhile, stepped up its missile attacks on Ukraine cities. And Thursday's trade notwithstanding, it was not a good week for a variety of reasons. The hardest hit sectors were consumer discretionary down 4.1%, information technology down 3.2%, utilities down 2.6%, and real estate down 2.4%. The Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, though, fared the worst of all, dropping 8.3%. Those sectors managing gains for the week included consumer staples up 1.5%, which got help from a good report from PepsiCo, healthcare, and financials. For the year, Dow Jones Industrial Average down 18.4%, the NASDAQ down 34%, the S&P 500 down 24.8%, and the Russell 2000 is down 25.1%. We also got our high-frequency data tracker information for the week, and initial jobless claims as of October 7th were 228,000. That was an increase of 4.1% week over week. Continuing claims, September 30th also up about two-tenths of one percent. Box office receipts as of October 13th were down 12.2 percent. Rail traffic as of October 7th was down three-tenths of one percent. Steel production as of the 10th was down 1.2 percent. Hotel occupancy, however, as of the 8th was 68.2 percent. That compares with 68.1 percent pre-COVID back in 2019. That was an increase of 2.7 percent, so hotels are getting pretty much back to normal. Restaurants, as of October 12th, were up 1.2%. TSA Checkpoint, as of October 13th, 2,263,587 passengers a day. That's 8.2% increase in one week. My wife and I, I think, helped that number out. And the supply of motor gasoline in the U.S., as of October 7th, was down 12.6%. Maybe that accounted for those prices increase we saw a couple of weeks ago. And then global commercial flights, as of October 13th, 107,121 a day. That was also up 3.9%. And the big news for those on Social Security is that we got the biggest bump in 41 years. So tens of millions of Americans collecting Social Security and supplemental SSI We'll get an 8.7% increase this next year, which is a much-needed boost as inflation ratchets up. 
The 8.7% cost of living adjustment will be effective with benefits payable in January to about 70 million Social Security beneficiaries, according to Social Security Administration. Also, the increased payments to more than 8 million SSI beneficiaries will begin on December 30th. A Social Security COLA of 8.7% is rare, so basically we better enjoy it. This may be the first and possibly the last that beneficiaries today receive a COLA this high. There's only three times since 1975 when they started COLA adjustments that the increases have been higher. 9.9% in 1979, 14.3% in 1980, and 11.2% in 1981. And the annual increase is tied to the consumer price index as determined by the Department of Labor Statistics and some other adjustments that take effect in January of each year based on the increase in average wages. The BLS data showed the CPI index rose four-tenths of 1% for the month of September and 8.2% from a year ago. And so based on that, you're also going to see an increase in the amount of Social Security or income that's subject to Social Security tax next year. That's going to be either $160,200. That's up from $147,200 this year. So that's an increase of $13,000. For workers younger than the full retirement age of 66 or 67, depending on their birth year, the release noted that the annual earnings limit will increase to $21,000 that you can earn without losing part of your Social Security. People reaching full retirement in 2022 are going to see their earnings limits jump up to $56,000, and there is no limit for those that are over full retirement age. The 8.7% COLA was eagerly anticipated due to inflation. The adjustment will increase the average retiree benefit of $1,660 by about $144. It's too early to help tell how well the 8.7% COLA will keep up with inflation this next year. But without a COLA that adequately keeps up with inflation, Social Security benefits purchased less than over time that can create hardships, especially as older Americans live longer and live longer lives in retirement. One quick note, uh, Thursday night at Meridian High School, that was on the 13th, there was the all-county election forum. You can find that here on KGMI. Go into KGMI and look under podcasts. You'll find a, a rebroadcast of that program, which all six candidates in the 42nd district seats participated, as well as House Representative Rick Larson and his challenger, Dan Matthews. Okay, we'll be back in a minute. Thank you for listening with us today. There's no getting around it. We are all aging. The question is, are you prepared for the future? Well, join us this Saturday at 1 for the Aging Hour here on KGMI, and it's brought to you by Safe Harbor Legal Solutions. Here's elder law attorney Phil George. Well, unfortunately, Bill, more than about 70% of retirement plans actually fail for folks when they need them the most. What we're going to be talking about is how to set your family up for success in your retirement. And that's coming your way this Saturday and every Saturday at 1 o'clock, the Safe Harbor Aging Hour here on KGMI. State Representative Alicia Rule doesn't believe that one party or the other has all the answers. She knows that we need to work together to move our community forward. Alicia's worked hard to create opportunity for people who didn't go to college by expanding career and technical education in high schools. She's also working to restart Intelco. When it reopens, that means 700 union jobs back in Ferndale. Alicia Rule is the only pro-choice candidate in the race. She's endorsed by Planned Parenthood and Pro-Choice Washington. Alicia Rule has earned the support of law enforcement. She's earned the trust of the Fraternal Order of Police and the Bellingham-Wacom County Firefighters 
Retired Bellingham Police Chief Flo Simon said, Alicia Rules said no to defund the police, increased pay for the first responders, and fought to criminalize non-medical use of fentanyl. She's been a fantastic state representative. I'm State Representative Alicia Rule. I hope that I can earn your vote. Paid for by Vote Alicia Rule Democrat. Business owners, you have job openings? We have HireMeWa.com. HireMeWa.com is Cascade Radio Group's hyper-local job board. It's free and easy to use. Upload your available job listings today. Job seekers can post resumes, too. HireMeWa.com is available 24 hours a day. Check back frequently. New job listings added regularly. HireMeWa.com. Business owners, post your job openings for free right now at HireMeWa.com. That's HireMeWa.com. HireMeWa.com is a service of Cascade Radio Group and this station. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife. Welcome back to Wealth Wake Up. Dick Donahue with you this Saturday morning here on KGMI. We're Asset Advisors. We're located out in the Pacific Highway about halfway out to Ferndale, north of the Slater Road. That's on the Pacific Highway in the Pacific Commerce Center. Our address is 5060 Pacific Highway, Suite 101, Ferndale, 98248. Our phone number, 360-733-1200. And check out our website, which is wealthwakeup.com. Okay, continuing on with some of the economic news that we saw this week we thought we'd like to share. We're finding that active investing is outperforming in September, which was that brutal stock market route month. And in an environment in which inflation remains entrenched, central banks continue to tighten. One strategy has done relatively well, and that's called active investing. We have data from the Bank of America which shows that 59% of large cap active funds outperformed the Russell 1000 bent march amid a brutal market route in September. In particular, value funds, which are basically your dividend-paying stocks, had a strong month, with 73% of them outperforming the Russell 1000 value index. With a 90th percentile month, the best hit rate since June of 2020. Active managers have a habit of being better when markets are falling. It's unclear why, but a widening dispersion of returns is often cited, though it's debatable if that is what caused and happened this last month. Several years ago, researchers showed that when indexes are rising, their gains tend to be concentrated in just a few superstar stocks, one most active managers will sometimes fail to own. It may be true that when they're falling, the same dynamic plays out in reverse, and funds tend not to get saddled with the biggest losers. So, active funds did well in September when U.S. stocks saw their worst monthly route since March of 2020 because many tend to be bearish. The first third or half of the third quarter was a big market rally. Mutual funds were underperforming because they were holding relatively elevated cash positions. September gave them some relief, but probably not enough for most of them to outperform some of their indexes. Indeed, the September performance wasn't enough to bring the quarter positive returns. Active funds in the third quarter underperformed, with just 39% of them beating their benchmarks. 
Value funds fared better with about 55%, again, dividend payers. And I can say that just tracking the investment pools that we are also tracking on a regular basis. But year to date, they trailed their core by 38% and growth at 31 It's a tough environment for active funds, above average pairwise correlations and scarce alpha opportunities. It was especially tough for small and mid-cap funds, which further underperformed compared to their large-cap peers. For the quarter, only 20% of small-cap funds outperformed the Russell 2000 benchmark. So kind of some interesting statistics there on active versus passive. And, of course, passive in many cases is using a portfolio in a lot of cases of different indexes. But active, of course, typically has a lot of individual stocks in the portfolio. We also saw a report that came out that says that uh, Americans lack estate plans, health care directives. So there are basically not enough Americans have health estate plans or health care directives, and the situation is basically not improving. Only one in three adults has an estate plan. Even among those that who do have one, 20% have not updated it in the last five years. Women are worse off than men. 72% of women do not have an estate plan, and 59% of men do. Only about 33% of Americans have health care power of attorney, the document that gives another person the power to make health care decisions for them. 68% said that they don't even accurately understand what it is. of those in the survey were likely to have a document if they worked with a financial professional, while only 20% had a document among those without a financial professional's help. The numbers were slightly better. For Gen Z, 30% had a health care power, only 25% of millennials, and 27% of Gen Xers said that they did. Americans are vastly underprepared to pass on their assets according to the wishes and the care of the loved ones in the event of a medical emergency. If COVID-19 pandemic has taught us anything, it's the importance of being prepared for life's uncertainties and creating a focused and detailed estate plan can do just that. According to the survey, based on 2,100 responses, 37% of those without an estate plan said that they did not think they had enough money to warrant one. Even larger in the percentage, 44%, that they were just said they were just procrastinating. 25% have said that they do not know what needed to be done or where to start. 16% said they thought they didn't need an estate plan because they have no dependents. 13% said that their thought estate plans were too expensive. And 11% said they were uncomfortable discussing death or money. Working with a financial professional has a positive impact when it comes to creating a plan. The number of those having a plan increased significantly from 34% to 56% for those who have worked with a financial professional at some point. The survey also showed that those who work with a financial professional feel more comfortable and better prepared discussing their estate plan and end-of-life wishes than those that have never worked with one. Again, it's very important for you to be looking at those things. If you need assistance in that area, feel free to give us a call. We've got a number of people that we work with on a regular basis, and we're glad to discuss your situation with you and refer you, hopefully, to the right place to get something done. Well, U.S. job openings dropped to 10.1 million, which is the lowest since June of 21. They fell more than expected in August to a more than one-year low, suggesting labor demand, while still robust, is moderating. 
The number of available positions decreased to 10.1 million in the month from 11.2 million in July. The Labor Department's Jobs Openings and Labor Turnover Survey, or JOLTS, showed on Tuesday. The median estimate in a Bloomberg survey of economists called about 11.1 million vacancies in August. The 1.2 million decline in vacancies was the biggest since April 20 and is consistent with moderating labor demand, reflecting a shifting of consumption patterns, rapidly rising interest rates, and a darkening economic outlook. While the number of vacancies remains extremely high, the ratio of openings to unemployed persons retreated in August. There are some 1.7 jobs for every unemployed person, down from two, about two in July. The largest decrease in job openings were in health care and social assistance, other services, and retail trade. Federal Reserve policymakers have pointed to the elevated number of job openings as a way to cool the job market without an ensuing jump in unemployment. The decline in vacancies is likely welcome news for policymakers in their quest to tame inflation, but the historically high level of openings suggests wage pressures may remain firm. Stocks jumped while Treasuries advanced after the report as traders were optimistic the Fed may not have to be as aggressive with its interest rate hikes. Some signs the demand for workers is cooling. Again, this was on Tuesday, and we had a big jump in markets on Tuesday. softened up some later as the week went along. But some 4.2 million Americans quit their jobs in August, a slight increase in the month earlier. The quits rate, which is a measure of, of, of the voluntary job leavers, the share of total employment, held at 2.7%. Actually, we're going to go ahead and take a break at this point. We'll be back in a minute. Thanks for being with us. DeWard and Bodie is celebrating their 76th anniversary sale with a weekend of special offers you won't want to miss. For a limited time, get exclusive double rebates up to $1,000 on select appliance pairs and packages. Plus, receive 10% of your purchase back on a DeWard and Bodie gift card up to $500. Then keep all the extra cash you'll save and pay no money down and no interest for up to two years on select appliances and up to six years on select mattresses. That's right. This weekend, combine all three offers for savings you can really celebrate on the largest in-stock selection of appliances, mattresses, and barbecues. Don't miss this chance to combine special cashback rebates, 10% of your purchase back, and no interest financing offers. Only at DeWard and Bodie. Celebrate the savings during the 76th anniversary sale in Bellingham at the Meridian Showroom next to Marshall's at the Outlet Center on Hannigan Road in Burlington, a half block north of Costco, and online at DeWardandBodie.com. Financing OAC offer qualifications apply. My name is Marcus Virta, and I manage a small business here in Whatcom County called Western Solar. Every day I see firsthand the impact good jobs have on the lives of people. Sharon Shoemake is an economist and a mom who brings practical, real-life experience to the state Senate. I became an economist to help people. Now I'm running for state Senate to fix our broken housing market, create jobs, lower taxes on working people, and build an economy that works for everyone. Paid for by People for Sharon, Democrat. Eat, drink, and be giving. Annually benefiting the children and families at Skookum Kids is back this year and better than ever. On October 28th, we will gather around a seasonally inspired meal at the brand new ballroom at the Hotel Bellwether and be inspired together by the stories of our community's most Skookum children. No sad singer-songwriter here. No way. This is an evening of triumph, of hope, 
of celebration. And it just won't be the same without. Get your tickets at skookumkids.org slash E-D-B-G. Once again, that's Eat, Drink, and Be Giving on October 28th at the Hotel Bellwether, benefiting the families of Skookum Kids. Get tickets at skookumkids.org slash E-D-B-G. We'll see you there. The latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. A properly operating furnace will guarantee that you stay comfortable as the seasons change. Contact West Mechanical Heating, Air Conditioning, and Electric for a system inspection today at westmechanical.net. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. CBS News Brief. At their final public hearing... The January 6th committee voting to subpoena the former president, who responded in a rambling 14-page letter, never saying whether he'd comply. CBS's Scott McFarlane. Herschel Walker and Senator Raphael Warnock faced off in Savannah, Georgia last night for their one and only debate ahead of the midterms. Our Nicole Killian with details. Warnock's team says the incumbent is drawing a clear contrast with his opponent and calls him out of step. A Walker aide tells CBS News the former football star is focused on the issues. Early voting in Georgia starts next week. A federal judge ruled DACA can continue for now, but no new applicants can apply. Since the summer of 2021, DACA has been closed to new first-time applicants, but immigrants already enrolled have been able to renew their protections from deportation. That's CBS's immigration reporter Camilo Montoya-Galvez. CBS News Brief. I'm Stacey Lynn. Back to Wealth Wake Up. Dick Downey here with you this Saturday morning. This is going to be a little bit shorter segment because uh, last Sunday I had uh, Bill Tetro, who was a specialist working with uh, Medicare supplements and Medicare insurance. And with the open enrollment period coming up here on the 15th, I did an interview with Bill. I'm going to repeat that today for our listeners that may not have heard it. I thought there was some very good information there. So this segment's going to be a little shorter than normal, and then we'll take our break, and then we'll come back and finish it with that interview. But basically, the father of the 4% rule doesn't buy a 3% alternative. What's the 4% rule? Well, the 4% rule says you can invest your money for retirement and withdraw about 4% a year, and it should make it through your lifetime. Basically, William P. Benjamin, who's the father of the so-called 4% rule, is now retired in Tucson, Arizona suburbs, and he shares the concern of many current retirees about the resurgence of inflation in the bear market in stocks and bonds. Yet he doesn't believe that the uncharted waters of today's markets and economy warrant a reduction in withdrawal rates for retirees, even if it is understandable that many advisors would counsel clients to cut their capital consumption to 3%, at least temporarily. Clients worked so that their money could serve them, he says. It doesn't work the other way around. In his research, Benjamin found that inflation could be more threatening to retirees than even the cruelest bear market, even the one that the U.S. suffered for after the Wall Street crash in 1929. Bear markets come and go, he says, but if you have to increase withdrawals at a rate of inflation that gets locked in, 
This current bear market began not just with stocks and bonds at elevated levels, but with multiple bubbles in many other assets such as art, housing, and fine wine. A 20% decline won't clean out all of the excesses in many of these asset classes, he adds. Each situation is different, but Benjamin believes it would take a catastrophic set of circumstances before you have to cut down to a 3% withdrawal rate. If inflation were to continue 6 to 8% for close to a decade, then that would change things, he says, but that scenario is far from certain, and I would certainly agree with that. At the same time, Tebow Price came out this week with a report, and they said, stay the course despite the market volatility. The current market volatility and expected lower than expected market returns shouldn't warrant a change in retirement saving strategies for most workers, according to research from Tebow Price. Older workers, especially those close to retirement, will have less time to recoup lower returns and may need to make up that ground by increasing their savings, the company said in a press release. The firm found that 401k plan participants on the whole have been staying the course. During the first half of the year, more than 95% have not made any investment changes, and fewer than 1% of those fully invested in target date funds have made any investment changes. The firm continues to suggest that workers save at least 15%, including any employer contribution of their annual salary for retirement. He had also suggested that close to retirement, those close to retirement but unable to meet the retirement savings benchmarks might want to consider delaying retirement for a year or two, taking part-time work in retirement, or making spending adjustments. So somebody like T. Rowe Price, one of the really large major money managers out there, who frankly has done an excellent job, especially in up markets, but also doing a really good job in this down market, they're a firm that I pay a lot of attention to because they've had an excellent track record over the years. And basically what they're saying is, and I've been said a couple of times in the last couple of weeks, talking about changes in the market, you get a little bit of good news you see on a Monday and Tuesday, softens up later this week, but we're kind of expecting that we might see some major changes in market direction because of this year's elections, especially if the Republicans do take control of the House of Representatives, which we do expect that will be the case. And if that's the case, then great. That We found that when you have split government, typically the markets, in fact, every market since 1950, the average return a year later after the election has seen the markets up 30%. Now, this year, because of the Fed tightening, may be a little different, but it's worth keeping an eye on. So Dick Donahue, we're going to take a quick break, come back with Dill Tetro. If you got questions for us, though, give us a call, 360-733-1200. Thanks for being here. Dr. John's Auto Clinic, located in Bellingham on Kentucky Street, is here for your auto repair and service needs. Trusted and affordable auto repair in Bellingham for over 25 years. Ask about their oil change and maintenance inspections. You can hear Brian from Dr. John's Auto Clinic every Saturday on In the Shop on Newstalk 790 KGMI. Or check out Dr. John's Auto Clinic at djautoclinic.com. And on Facebook for the latest in auto repair news. Dr. John's Auto Clinic, reliable, honest, and a part of this community for over 25 years. His commitment to Northwest Washington dates back five generations. Our Congressman Rick Larson. 
brought up in a family of eight kids, Rick was raised with the value of hard work. The same way Rick and his wife Tia raised their own two boys. Larson understands the pressures facing families when it comes to the rising cost of living. And why he just passed the new Inflation Relief Act that starts lowering costs by reducing prescription drug prices for Washington seniors. And caps insulin costs at $35. Rick sees the big picture. That's why he just helped pass bipartisan legislation bringing semiconductor manufacturing back to America. Larson's bill eases supply chain issues and means more good-paying jobs, all while lowering prices on cars and electronics. Common sense. Practical solutions for working families and local business. That's always been Rick's approach to making a difference for growing our local economy. Rick Larson, Congress. I'm Rick Larson, and I approve this message. Paid for by citizens to elect Rick Larson. You do amazing things every day. And we're not just talking about your pregnancy. You do it all. So why risk letting COVID-19 stop you? COVID-19 vaccines are especially important during pregnancy. Take control of your health so you can keep showing up for the ones you love. Get the COVID-19 vaccine to protect yourself and your pregnancy. It's safe, proven, effective. You could say it's pretty amazing, just like you. Message brought to you by the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. Visit ACOG.org slash COVID vaccine to learn more. Because there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. Welcome back to Walt Wake Up. This is Dick Donahue with you this morning here on KGMI. As always, if you got questions for us, you can give us a call at 360-733-1200. I'm going to start out this last segment. I have with me Bill Tetrol today. Bill owns a company separate from my company called Northwest Options Insurance. Uh, he actually is located upstairs in my office. We were talking about this, and God, I was shocked, but he's actually been in my office with me now since 2005. This is actually the third location that we've been in together. And I need to note that Bill is not related to my business in any way, and I have no economic interest in Bill's business. We just do work very closely with a lot of our clients. Before I get into talking to Bill, though, we had a notice come out this week that your Medicare Part B premiums next year and your IRMA surcharges are going to decline. And that's primarily because of the rollback and a big increase in 2022 following a cut in cost of an Alzheimer's drug that actually pushed everything up last year. So Medicare beneficiaries are going to be paying slightly lower premiums and income-related surcharges next year, according to the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, which uh, partly reverses the increase, that the big increase that they had in 2022. Individuals enrolled in Medicare Part B, which covers doctor's visits and other outpatient services, are going to pay a monthly premium of $164.90, which in most cases comes right out of your Social Security check this next year. That is down $5.20 from the $170.10 that we paid this year. In 2022, the Medicare Part B premium jumped $21.60, which was a 15% increase. It was one of the largest in Medicare's history, in part because the Centers for Medicare Services, or CMS, was required to accumulate reserves against the cost of a newly approved Alzheimer's drug. But when that drug was approved by the Federal Food and Drug Administration, the approval was controversial, as was the drug's initial price tag of $56,000 a year. So last December, the manufacturer, Biogen, said that it would be cutting that drug's cost in half to about 28000 as of January 1st of last year. 
But in wake of that price cut, CMS reassessed the 22 premium increase. It decided not to alter the 22 premium in mid-year, said that the lower price tag on the drug was likely to mean lower Medicare premiums for this next year, hence the $5.20 decrease that we are expecting. So higher income Medicare beneficiaries are also going to pay a little less next year. In 2023, individuals with modified adjusted gross incomes between $97,000 and $194,000 if they're married or more will pay additional surcharges ranging from $65.90 a month to an extra $395.60 a month on top of that standard $164.90 that we're going to pay. In 22, those charges were an extra $68 to an additional $408.20 a month. Married couples, where both spouses are enrolled in Medicare, pay twice as much. So it means that both of them pay that higher IRMA charge. Medicare Part B premiums and IRMA surcharges are usually deducted directly from monthly Social Security benefits, although people who aren't yet claiming Social Security are billed directly by Medicare. The cuts in the Part B premium and IRMA surcharges come as the spike in U.S. inflation is expected to result in a larger cost of living adjustments for next year. Maybe somewhere, we're not sure yet. We're looking at 8.5% or thereabouts. The Social Security Administration is expected to announce the official cost of living adjustment for 2023 on the 13th of October. After the government releases its September CPI, the COLA is based on the increase in the average CPI for the third quarter, which is the July, August, September of this year over the previous year's third quarter. So with that, Bill, good to have you with us today. Thanks, Um, Let's start out first of all here. As I indicated earlier, you've been in my office for, you've been in business for going on 20 years. You've been in my office since 2005, so that's about 17 years of that time. That's a fair amount of time. Pardon my phone ringing in the background, but uh, that happens occasionally. At any rate, let's talk about, give us a little information on how many people are covered with Medicare and how big of an impact this really does have. Well, right now we're looking at um, 63,900,000 and some odd thousand people who are on Medicare, which is a heck of a jump from when I first started. So um, included in that amount is remember that um, people on Medicare can be on Medicare due to aging in, they can be on Medicare due to disability, and they can be on Medicare due to things like ESRD and amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, which is Lou Gehrig's disease. They, they can go on Medicare due to that. So that's, a, that's quite a high number. So um, October 15th, big date. Yeah. Uh, what happens? October 15th is the first day that we can enroll people in the new plans for 2023, whether that be the Advantage plans, Medicare Advantage plans, or the prescription drug plans. We are allowed to talk to you about those plans that are going to be available starting on October 1st through the 14th, but we cannot actually take applications or enrollment forms until the 15th. And then we have from the 15th of October to the 7th of December, to sign you up for a plan that will start on January 1, 2023. So let's talk about this evaluation process that you go through here. So as you indicated, you can actually start talking to people as, as soon as tomorrow, October 1st. Well, we're recording this show for Sunday, October 2nd. So as of yesterday, October 1st, you can start talking to people. Sure. And you can talk to them up to the 14th. You just can't make any plan changes up to then. Is that right? That's correct. Uh-huh. 
And so then on the 15th of October, you can actually sit down with people that need information up through December 7th, and you can evaluate their current plans. You, you have a number of tools, I think, that they can use to compare their current plans. I think some of those people can actually do some of that comparisons themselves. But I'll talk a little bit about my experience here, maybe a little bit later here, but my experience of, with my own coverages and stuff. But times I've gone in there and tried to look at it for myself, I think it's kind of confusing. It can't be. I mean, um, the whole reason for me dealing with the people and talking to them about their particular needs is to educate them on what's available to them and how it works. I don't try and push them into one plan or one type of plan over another. I say, this is how this type of plan works. This is how this type of plan works. Based on the information that I give them, my final question is, what do you think is going to work best for you based on your income, on your lifestyle, do you travel a lot, etc.? There's a few questions that I ask them, and then they make so, the determination. So let's talk about things that might impact them, like, say, travel. What considerations do you have when you talk about travel? Well, if, you, if you're traveling a lot, then you, you have options. I mean, uh, the one thing to realize is that um, Medicare is going to cover you wherever you go as long as you have Medicare in place. And Medicare with a supplement is going to give you far better coverage if you're on the road traveling than you would probably find with an Advantage plan. It's not to say that the Advantage plan couldn't cover you, but they are a network plan. Um, they are HMOs and PPOs, so there are certain restrictions. So more often than not... What's an HMO and a PPO, Bill? Okay, an HMO is a health maintenance organization. That is an organization basically that has a, a closed network. You have to have your doctor has to be in that network, um, and he has to be contracted with it. Not just You don't go up to a, a doctor's office and say, do you take this plan? What you say is, are you contracted with this company for this plan? And then, so that's a HMO, health maintenance organization. PPO is a preferred provider organization. They have a network of providers, but they allow you to go outside that network and use any other doctor who's willing to take Medicare. And then if you're on that plan and you take the PPO and you take the out-of-network portion of it, you're going to pay more for the services than you would if you went to in-network. Okay. And it requires referrals. So, again, i got to get this in my head a little bit because... I do travel a fair amount at times, and, and I I know of people that I have as clients, especially up here. We have a lot of snowbirds, for example, that go to Arizona or Southern California to the desert or whatever in the winter. And if they're under a PPO or uh, HMO, is that the other? HMO, HMO, yeah. that means if they go down there someplace, they have to be able to find a doctor that is in that system. Is that correct in order to get their medical care? Well, it's not just a doctor in this, the system. The doctor has to be contracted with the plan mm -hmm. that is in the company that they are with. So you can go to a doctor. You can go to, especially some of these groups, they have multiple doctors. Some of those doctors will be contracted with some plans in the company, but they may not be contracted with all the plans. So you won't always want to find, make sure that your doctors are contracted with the plan. A good example would be I have a gentleman down in Mount Vernon. He had five doctors. He was on a Medicare supplement, very limited income. He was asking me, can you tell me what I could do with an Advantage plan? Um, I'm finding it hard to pay these premiums on my restricted income. So I said, okay, well, let's look at the numbers. And I, so I said, list your doctors out. So he had five doctors. He had his primary care physician. He had a nephrologist. He had an oncologist, a cardiac doctor. And we went through the list, and three of his doctors were on the plan. Two of them were not. So we looked at another company, we looked at that network, went to that network, two of the doctors were on the plan, three of them were not. 
So I told him, I said, this is the situation you're in. If you go to these doctors, and I specified the ones that were contracted, then you're going to be covered according to this plan. This is going to be office visit charge. This will be out-of-pocket costs, etc. If you go to these doctors, and this is the only plan you have, you're going to pay full price for the services. That's just the way it works. Now, that's a rare case. I don't have a lot of people that go with five doctors, but that's how the plans work. With a supplement plan, what happens is it's any doctor, any place, any time, as long as they take Medicare and the contract with Medicare contract carriers, people don't have to worry about referrals. Um, they can be assured that they're going to be covered where they go, just as they would at home. Okay, so that's a, I hate to say it, but those are the type of programs I see on advertised on TV a lot. Now, they haven't been on yet, but probably starting about the 1st of October, I, we're going to see a whole lot of ads now for the next three or four months. Uh, because even after the middle of December, there are, I think there's some changes or some enrollment periods early next year. So we continue to see these Medicare Advantage ads uh, with the different bells and whistles that they offer for a while. So those are the ones we seem to see on TV all the time. We don't seem to see the supplements advertised as much. Well, yeah. What you have to realize, too, is that the way that, way that these plans work, if you're looking at a Medicare Advantage plan, you're putting the supplements side by side. If you're in good health... Okay, and you have not a whole lot of prescription drugs or whatever, and you have limited income or you want to say, then if you're willing to pay more out of pocket for a lower premium, then an Advantage plan is a good way to go. I mean, mm -hmm. sometimes they have more bells and whistles. They've got some additional things like um, health clubs and um, eye care and dental care and so forth. So when you say pay out of pocket, it means you go to the doctor. You could have some co-pays for some of your... Uh, medical expenses. If you go in the hospital, you can have some co-pays. That's correct. Yeah, okay. you, you could. Okay. Um, you know, I want to go backwards on one thing here. A lot of times I refer to and I hear people, we have an alphabet soup. Plan A is Medicare. That covers your hospital, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's paid for by your Social Security. Part Puppy. B is well, your doctors, and that's where these med advantage plans come in, where you either have coverage or med a supplement where maybe you have, uh, and I want to mention my own experience here in a minute, but you have your supplements in Part B. Then C is med advantage plans. Yes. Generally. Yeah. Part A, hospitalization. Part B, medical. Part C is the Medicare Advantage plans, and Part D is the prescription drug portion. Mm -hmm. You can often find that with the Medicare Advantage plans, you're going to have that Part D incorporated into the plan where you have prescription drugs available as well. And then what's the most common pl supplement plan out there? Well, the most common plan right now is the Plan G. Okay. I want to give my experience here real quick. I, I'm covered with Plan G. Right. I'm covered with Plan G because I pay a premium right now of $184 a month for it is what I pay out of my pocket. Uh, as I shared with my listeners before, about four months ago, I had a hip replacement on my right side. I had to stay in the hospital for about a week because of some complications that we had during that surgery. Uh, the bills on that surgery came to $220,000 when I received the summary for all of them. My out-of-pocket cost was zero. So, you know, I'm a Plan G advocate. I, Bill can't tell you that, but I am a Plan G advocate because I know I know what my premium is every month that i got to pay. I know that I've got a deductible of $230, $240 at the start of the year. And after that, I'm pretty well covered. So that's why I guess I like my plan G. And I know you can't sit here and say you recommend one or the other, but when we talk about this alphabet soup, that's my, my sharing on my experience with the alphabet. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, 
I, I try to I try to meet the needs that people have. You know, they come up and they've got sometimes because they a lot of the calls that I get come in and say, hey, I saw this advertisement on TV, or I talked to my sister. She's not paying anything for a plan or whatever. And don't get me wrong, I'm not here to talk down Advantage plans or to talk up supplements. I just want to tell people how they both work and when you put them side by side. So you have to make the determination based on. Like I say, on um, your your particular needs, your income, um, what you can afford, um, you know, doctors and so forth, and um, and if you travel, you know, I can I can tell you what's going to work best for you if you travel and so forth. Uh, well, I, I just know my experience with my clients when I do a financial plan for them, and I'm sitting there trying to do a retirement capital projection. That it's a lot easier for most of them to sit down and say, "I know this is what my medical cost is going to be," versus knowing that they, if they go to the doctor, they got a copay or they got to go to the hospital, they got a they got a, a deductible that they have to pay, and it's harder for them in many cases to budget that. Whereas if you, in my case, I think the supplement gives gives us the ability to budget and I kind of like that idea so that's my plug in that direction I know Bill can't say that okay if you want to get a hold of Bill uh, his company name is Northwest Options Insurance Uh, he's actually located here at our office upstairs Uh, that address for our office is 5060 Pacific Highway Suite 101 actually he's 202 but uh, that's Ferndale 98248 Uh, his phone number at his office, 360-733-9584. That's 360-733-9584. If you can't remember what I just told you, you can always call my office, 360-733-1200, and we'll give you Bill's information. So we got about 30 seconds here left, Bill. What more should we share? Well, I just uh, we're looking forward to this season. One of the things you're going to notice is when you're agents call you or talk to you, they're going to require, Medicare is going to require that they record the conversation in its entirety. That's new for this year. Um, It's not the agents who are doing that, but it's Medicare who's saying that we have to record your conversations in its entirety from beginning to end if we're talking to any of our current clients, prospective clients, or people looking for information regarding Medicare Advantage, prescription drug plans, etc. Well, we got to run, but Bill Tetro. Again, his phone number, 360-733-9584. You know, Bill's been in my office all these years because I trust him. He's honest, and I think he does a great job for his clients. So that's the best recommendation I can give. Thanks for being with us today. Don't forget about our live show on Saturdays at 11 o'clock. Have a great week. Bye-bye. The opinions voiced in Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Guests on Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, a registered investment advisor.